Hello and welcome back to the show. We've got some new branding action going on. As you may have noticed, the name of the show has been updated to Love Not Tolerance. That change is because I'm taking the show in a little bit of a new direction. I'm still going to be doing book reviews, um, but I'm going to be discussing topics more of a social consciousness nature. I love talking about money and the law of attraction and success. So that stuff isn't going to go away. I'll be throwing that stuff in from time to time. Um, But the next book is going to be a little different. Um, So I will be announcing that later on. In the meantime, we will be wrapping up this book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I will be doing a summary today of the main points to take away. There were a few chapters left in the book, but when I read them through, I realized that they're mostly a reiteration of what we've already talked about, with the exception of sex transmutation, which I didn't feel had wide appeal. (laughs) At least as a woman, I didn't quite relate to it, but that chapter is in the book. So if you do check out the book, check out that section. That will be the only one I'm not really going to go over, not because I have any kind of problem with it, but because I didn't feel that it was universally applicable. So uh, stay tuned for the wrap up. All right, so let us get into this wrap up. So this was wonderful. I really enjoyed talking about Think and Grow Rich. I hadn't read it for um, some time. I had read initially the audiobook or listened to it and then read the book down the road. So I believe this is my first um, Well, definitely it's my first time in years going through the book. It's probably my second time actually reading the book. The other times were just the audio version. So I really enjoy talking about this. Um, I know that money is a sticking point for a lot of people. Certainly it was for me too. We've all kind of grown up in the social milieu of, you know, the idea that rich people are just inherently bad, that that's how they made their money is by stealing from cheating and oppressing other people. And certainly that is true in some instances, but um, it is unfair to equate money with those characteristics because those characteristics can exist without money. And certainly there are people who have money that do a lot of good in the world. So it's important to have a nuanced view of it and money is so central to our own comfort in life our own um, ability to live even so it's not something that can just be swept under the rug crossing your fingers and hoping for the best so when i was thinking about how we can think about money i was thinking it in terms of a dating analogy and i seem to use dating analogies a lot because i think relationships are or something that everybody participates in at some point. So the analogies kind of work for a lot of different things. Um, but I think sometimes people, when they, when they hear talks about money, they get a little nervous or suspicious feeling like, well, you know, especially in art circles and I am an, an artist and certainly people's butt cheeks clench up, you know, severely when the topic of money comes up because it's thought to be crass or, um, you know, that you're selling out and things of this nature. 
But I like to look at it in terms of the dating analogy. Like sometimes women think of men in the dating world as, oh, you know, they're only after one thing, blah, blah, blah. And it's true, they are after that one thing. But, you know, there's more to it than that. So a person who's approaching you, yes, they do want that. <laughs> but if you play your cards right um, and you make them wait and get to know you, then it's a full relationship that includes that, but is not only that. So when you think of going after money, think of it that way. You're not the guy that's just going after the one thing. If you're going after money, yes, money is a part of it, but you have to look at the earning of money as a relationship. And what you bring to that relationship is the service and the gifting and the talents that you have and you are freely sharing them with the world without restraint, without apology. And in return, if the world wants what you have to offer, if you present it in such a way that it is useful and attractive to other people, then they in return will reward you with the money for you to live and grow and enjoy your life. Now, everything up until now has kind of included the principles in Think and Grow Rich without really mentioning them. So my first series was on Da Vinci, the second one was on Picasso, and now this one's Think and Grow Rich. So Think and Grow Rich, going through this book, has dealt more directly with the law of attraction, but we saw it in action with Picasso and Da Vinci in how they lived their lives. Now they were both artists and they, neither one of them were starving um, because that is something that, again, it's just another cliche that we've latched onto that can be true, but doesn't have to be true at all. So let's go through the main keys and the main points um, in the book, because I've distilled it down even further than what he had distilled it down to, because I did notice that a lot of the chapters can be condensed and combined and are actually saying the same things. So I have here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then my last, I'm gonna throw in an eighth one, because eight is my lucky number. <laughs> so I have number eight, which is my own little throw-in that has nothing to do with Napoleon Hill. But the first thing that he emphasizes in the book, number one, is a strong desire backed with emotion. This is critical. Now we all have desires. That's not something that is um, something we have to work on or conjure up. We all have desires naturally, but it, it has to be more than a passing fancy. The kind of desire that leads to success, especially financial success, and in, success in any endeavor actually, is a strong desire. It has to be something you really want. Like you really, really want it. Like you really, really, really want it. And it, it has to spark emotion for you. So there's a lot of things that we say we want, but if we don't get it, eh, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. But when you have a strong desire where it's like, no, you're not gonna like slit your wrists or anything, but like you, you have to achieve this goal in order to be happy. Like, yes, you can, you know, muddle along if you, if you fail, if you don't succeed, but it's not optional. It's something that you must work towards. It's something that means so much to you that 
you're willing to give all of your free time, all of your effort, all of your emotion and any available money that you have towards this goal because it's just that important. So like if you if you want to be a father one day, if you want to be, you know, the president of your company, if you want to have your own business, if you want to lose weight, it has to be more than just, you know, you'd like it if that happened or yeah, that would be nice. It's got to be like this has got to happen come hell or high water period if you have a desire like that then you have a, a bit a real shot at achieving your goal next number two is persistence now frankly if you only had one and two you would be good to go you could actually like distill everything down to these two things you've got to have a strong desire and you've got to be persistent because whether life is testing you or whether, you know, this is just the way it goes, I don't really know. You don't have to be superstitious <laughs> at all to do any of this stuff. You can take this all at a very practical level. You've got to just not give up. And I remember an old sculpture teacher, he wasn't old, but this is just a long time ago, <laughs> um, telling me that most of the people that he knew, most of the artists that he knew that just stuck with it, they did eventually succeed. And that really stuck with me because a lot of people do, like it doesn't happen fast enough for them, so they just sort of move on. And yes, you have to pay the bills, but there is a way to pay your bills without giving up on your dream. And a lot of people just sort of give up. I mean, a lot of people I know that were artists, they decided to go into nursing or, you know, like do something else, and they just don't really do the art anymore. And then there's others that, you know, were able to fully do it full time. And then there's ones like me that are working towards that. Now, I have a full time job, um, but the rest for the rest of my life, I will be working towards my goal of being a working artist. And I don't care if it takes me the rest of my life. It's just something it's that strong desire thing. It's something that has to happen. So persistence. Next is clarity. Oh my God, clarity is so important. So many times we get so muddled and murky in our purpose in life. And the, the clearest way to, to see this or to notice this is if someone asks you like, what's your goal or what's your desire? Or what is your business about or something related to your purpose? And then you start rambling on and on and on and going around the bend in circles, then you know you don't have clarity. When you have clarity, you really just need a sentence or two to get your point across. And it's extraordinarily clear. This is what I want, period. <laughs> so it's got to be clear. It can't take you three pages front and back of text to describe what you want. That's, if that's where you're at, then you just need to do a little bit more contemplation to figure out what it is exactly you want. Because you're not there yet until you can say it in a sentence or two. So clarity. Number four is awareness of and training of the subconscious. And a side note is watch your mouth, okay? So a lot of times we focus just on the actions and the actions are the outer part, but you can't do the outer part without the inner part. You can, but it's more like trying to break up concrete. So. Yes, if you're just persistent and if you just have a strong desire, you can achieve your goal, but you're gonna do it a lot faster if you utilize the subconscious because the subconscious is going to be operational whether you are aware of it or train it or not. It's just going to be passively taking in 
the buzzwords, the social milieu, what's in the news, you know, gossip, rumors, you know, history, you know, everything you've ever heard or seen, your anxieties, your latent fears, you know, the zeitgeist, you're gonna just be sort of absorbing. Like tuna fish swim through the ocean with their mouths open, just sort of taking in whatever sort of comes along. That's gonna be you if you don't train your subconscious. So, and tangent to that is to watch your mouth. So the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that is really telling because whatever somebody says, that means that it has been on their mind more than once over and over and over again. Because by the time you, you think something enough to say it, it's not the first time that you thought of it. Even if you're the kind of person that speaks without thinking, that's not actually true. Like you may not have thought in that moment, but whatever you said, you've had that thought before. So, and speaking it aloud makes it even more concrete because you can't control all of your thoughts. It's not possible to control every thought that wanders through your head. That stuff comes, you know, you can train your thoughts, but you're still going to have random thoughts and, and you don't need to panic about that. You just need to, when you have a thought that's not productive, useful, or positive, you just need to learn how to redirect it. But your subconscious will listen to your conscious. That's why it can be trained. And it doesn't put up a fight. It'll take whatever you really believe and it'll, it'll incorporate it. So even if at first, like when you first start training your subconscious, it won't believe you. So if you've always been broke and you've never been good with money, or let's say you wanna lose weight and you've always been overweight, you've never been able to, to lose it, your subconscious isn't gonna buy it at first because it's got too much history in the other direction. So you're going to have to like with any, like training a dog, you can't just sit down with a dog once and train it. Like you have to have a program where you train it. So if you train your subconscious to accept that what you want to achieve is achievable, not just in general, but also by you, because you are a capable person, you have achieved other things in the past, no matter how minor, there's something that you've been able to do. I don't care if it's, you learned how to tie your shoes, there's something that you did in the past that you achieved and you learned. So that means that you can learn how to achieve your goals. So whatever it is that you want to achieve, there is a way to go about getting it. And all you have to do is figure out what that is and then move towards it. But your subconscious has got to be on board. So you have to adopt, you don't have to do anything, but if you want to achieve your goals as quickly as possible, you need to, to train your subconscious to believe that you are capable, that your goals are achievable, and that this is going to be beneficial for you to achieve this goal. And do not say anything that would contradict that truth. All right, number five is having a plan, okay? So for me, this was my big hangup for the longest time. Like I had read all these success books, I believed in all this stuff, but I somehow thought that I was going to sort of eventually just get it <laughs> just by living my life. Like if I just believe the right things that, you know, one thing would lead to another and I would achieve, you know, my goals, but that didn't happen. And part of the, the problem is that I didn't have my goals in front of me. So I would write my goals in January and then sort of forget about what they were and then not really thinking about it again until the end of the year right now they're in front of me like they're actually written on the walls 
not literally on the walls, on pieces of paper <laughs> taped to the wall <laughs> in front of me. So I always see what it is I'm working towards um, and I see my plan. So I have, you know, steps one, two, and three, how to go about getting it. And, you know, plans can change, which is fine. As you see with my rebranding, sometimes that's necessary. Like you realize that in order to achieve what you want to achieve, you have to pivot a little bit. And, and that's appropriate. That's what you need to do. But you still have to have a plan in the first place. And you can't wait for the perfect plan because no matter what your plans are, they're going to shift as you grow and develop. So whether you know, and, and certainly you won't know, whether you know how to achieve your goals or not, and certainly you don't know because if you did know, you'd already have them. But that doesn't matter. Make a plan anyway. Just imagine somebody else asked you for a plan and then put a gun to your head and said, you've got to come up with a plan to achieve this goal or I'm going to pull the trigger. You'd come up with a plan. <laughs> okay. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It can just be, you know, three to five steps and just start on the first one. And then you're going to feel like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but that's okay. I mean, that's where you need to be. You need to be in the, I don't know what the hell I'm doing stage because that's really where life is lived. I mean, that's, that's really where the magic starts happening because as you step out of that boat and walk on the water, like that's when, you know, the universe can meet you right where you are. And it's incredible the things that can happen once you get started. All right. Number one, two, three, four, five, six. Number six is right association. So there is no getting around this one. You've got to be associated with the right people. And if right now everybody you know is broke, negative, overweight, and a bummer, then you need to spend some time by yourself for a while. You don't need to cut these people out of your life altogether, but going back to watch your mouth, you're going to have to be careful what you say because these people have not yet decided to change. And so they're going to, there's going to be a, a really strong gravitational pull back into your old ways. So if you're really serious about achieving your goals, you're going to have to associate with people who are also on the same page as you and who are working diligently daily to achieve their goals. And until you find these people and you will find them a lot of, a lot of times you just have to pay to join the right groups and it's not usually expensive. I've seen groups that, you know, there can be free Facebook groups, but there's groups that are like 20 bucks a month. And, you know, they have a group, a community and just participate, jump in, you know, don't be shy. Just even if the group doesn't seem active, like just do your part and you'll be led eventually to the right groups. Um, and it, it'll take some time, but you will eventually meet the kind of people that are living the kind of life that you want to live. And it's really important. And a lot of times the people that aren't on the same page, they won't feel comfortable around you anyway. So you don't really need to worry about cutting them out. Like they're going to notice either they're going to be inspired and they're going to like make their own changes or they're kind of going to be irritated by you. And they're just going to voluntarily spend less time with you. And that will hurt somewhat. But if you focus on what you're excited about and focus on like, once you get this handled, you know, it's going to open up a whole new world for you, then it, it won't stop you. It'll just fuel your fire. All right. Number seven is avoid fear-based decision-making. Okay. So in the book, Napoleon Hill goes over several different fears. I didn't feel the need to enumerate each fear <laughs> because I felt like that just 
to me, it just dra drug me down to think about all these fears and actually triggers more anxiety. So we all know what fear feels like. It doesn't feel good. And it feels like it, it makes you feel impatient. It makes you feel like you've got to like suddenly do something right away. It makes you do things that don't make any sense. You know, it's, it's, it's really bad news. So a lot of times if you know that you're in a position of any kind of negative emotion, whether it's fear or grief or anxiety or depression, like don't make any decisions during that time. I don't care if somebody's pushing you to make the decision, figure out a way to put it off or give it to somebody else to make the decision. But don't make any real decisions when you're in this state because any fear-based decision is going to be bad, okay? It's not going to be um, expansive, it's not gonna move the needle, um, and you're gonna regret it once the fear dissipates and once you realize that you made a mistake, okay? So put off any kind of decision-makings um, when you're in a state of a negative emotion and don't make decisions that are catering to any of your fears. So for example, if you, let's say that you want to make a decision in your business, um, you can make a decision that would be expansive, but then the fear is going to kick in. Oh, what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that? So you don't want to cater to the, what if this, what if that you always want to be wise and you want to like have that cushion. Um, but you don't want to make decisions focused on what could go wrong. Okay? Those are not going to be decisions that are going to lead you in the right direction. All right, and then number eight is the one that I threw in that he doesn't mention this at all, but I've noticed in my own life as I've been building my business and actually moving towards my goals, things are happening very quickly. And the, the thing is, is that your emotions are gonna be all over the place and you just have to realize that that's just what happens. Like nothing's going wrong. It's like if you're a woman and you have your monthly cycle and you just know that um, things are going to just be a little off during that time. Um, and it's not always like this wild PMS, the stereotype, but you just know that things are a little off during that time. It's kind of similar. It's like things are changing so much, like because you, your, your identity is changing. The way you see yourself is starting to change. Um, people are noticing what you're doing eventually. And it's, it's all a lot. You know, there's decisions that you have to make. Like every day, if you're working towards your business, you're going to be having all these emotions and they're not going to be clear. It's not even going to be clear how you feel. You just feel some sort of like restlessness or um, some sort of antsiness or sometimes it is anxiety or it's just random and it goes up and down. It's all over the place. So just don't pay that any attention. So the reason why that's happening is the old you is clashing with the new you and you're your deep down insides don't really know what to do because they're like, okay, like all this time we've just been bumping along and now like in the course of a few months, like everything is changing. It's just not sure. So you're just sort of like, I, I imagine it to be like, I would never go skydiving. I just, I don't see the appeal <laughs> to that. But when I've looked at people skydiving and there's that initial thing where you you know you don't want to jump out of the plane but then you decide to but then there's that period between okay you're out of the plane but your parachute hasn't opened yet so you're just like whatever those people are feeling I imagine that's how you're gonna feel that's how I feel in starting my business 
you're like you when the parachute opens that's when your business is up and running you're profitable you know you know exactly what you're doing you, you quit your day job all that good stuff uh, but you're not on the plane you're not gripping the sides of the door scared you know you've decided you know to start your business or whatever your your venture is um, so you're in that halfway house. So that's where the emotions are all over the place. So if you experience that, don't look at it as something bad is happening. That's just the way it is. <laughs> okay. All right. So that is the summary and the wrap up. Again, strong desire, persistence, clarity, training the subconscious, having a plan, right association, avoiding fear-based decisions, and know that your emotions are going to be all over the place. So that is the wrap up for Think and Grow Rich. The next book that I have selected, as I mentioned in the intro, I'm going in a slightly different direction. The reason for that is that I want my all I want all aspects of my life to be in concert together. And so my work as an artist has a lot to do with racial harmony and um, just spiritual well-being and basically positive imagery. I don't do art about struggle or negativity or fear. I don't have any problem with that kind of art. It's just not what I make. Um, it's not what I want to create. So I want my podcast and what we talk about here to be a reflection of that. Um, and it's also, like I said, I'm still going to be doing um, topics on success and the law of attraction and things like that, because it's all one thing. The law of attraction is about being your best self and attracting only the best towards you. And I have such a heart for racial harmony because I really believe that our country, and I'm from the USA, wherever you're listening, I don't know, but in the USA, one of our Achilles heels is, um, racial discord. And so rather than focus on the problem, which I think is the approach that most people take, I don't want to do it that way. I want to be consistent with the law of attraction, which I believe in. I want to focus on the solutions and I want to focus on the best part of all of us. I really believe that anyone who listens to this show regularly, and certainly if you're still listening at this point, <laughs> you are a person who wants to be your best self you are somebody that has goodness in you. You are somebody that wants to make a difference in the world. And so people like us, if we band together and we focus on the solutions, I believe that we can make a positive difference on the planet. And I do believe that race is one of those things that it means nothing and it means everything, just like money. I mean, money is completely useless. It's just pieces of paper but it ends up meaning everything until you understand the energy behind it and then you're not focused on the money. And I believe that race is like that. Race in and of itself is meaningless. There are more differences in the midst of a race, you know, amongst a race than there are between races. Race is a, is a social construct. It's something that we've created to give an excuse for why we mistreat one another. It doesn't really mean anything, but at the same time, it can mean everything. So I think if we talk about it, and we talk about it in terms of, of our highest potential, and we talk about it in terms of solution, I believe that we can go out into the world and make it a better place. So the book that I've decided to start with is called I See Color. Um, the full title is I See Color, Identifying, Understanding, and Reducing Our Hidden Racism, 
colon, a white perspective. The book is by Robert L. Pellegrino. Now why I chose it, even though it says a white perspective, so why am I reading it? Because I'm not white. <laughs> but I thought that, first of all, the title intrigued me. I see color, I think, is an important uh, concept because I don't think that the goal is to not see color. I think the, col the, the goal is to see it, but not think that there's something bad about it. You know, it's like we see everything. We see each other's height and our weight. You know, we see each other's, um, you know, uh, eyes, you know, the color of our eyes, but we don't think anything bad if somebody has brown eyes or green eyes or blue eyes. And the same can be true for race. It doesn't, you know, it, it can not matter, but we're not there yet. <laughs> right now it means a lot. So I'm curious to see, I haven't read the book before, so I don't know what I'm in for. And so I'm going to weave in you know, passages of the book with my own experiences. I'm going to invite you to participate, to ask your questions and to give commentary um, because I want it to be a collaboration. So that's what's coming up for next week. I hope you enjoy the series on Think and Grow Rich. And again, I will be doing more success topics in the future, but we're just going to take a little break and talk about some social issues. So I hope you will join me for that. In the meantime, have a happy and productive week, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.